If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free first season of Backyard Kitchen. Hello, gardeners. I hope you've been enjoying our sustainable gardening series because today we're going to continue that conversation and we're going to talk all about composting. That's right. How is composting sustainable? Let's find out right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We are your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. Okay, everybody, listen up. If you like our show, not like, if you love, there's three things you can do to help us out. One, you can become a patron and get two extra episodes a month, or... You could just do something as simple as sharing our podcast with people, put it in your social medias, whatever. And the other thing is go check out YouTube and please, if you want to watch us, we're there talking and we're giving tips and all kinds of stuff. So those are the three ways you can really help this show. Thank you. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I felt like, I felt like I was like a professor for some reason. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Please refer um, to your syllabus and, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's what we should do next year. We should like make a whole syllabus and like give it out. Mm-mm. No, we shouldn't. And, and you know why we shouldn't? Because it would be wrecked after the first month and it would be like, well, we're going to deviate from the syllabus <laughs> class. So, <laughs> but in serious, all serious, all seriousness, composting sustainably. What is that about? You tell me. It seems like you're the one that um, is a sustainable composter. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, Miss Batavia here doesn't compost. Yeah, let's uh, let's do some housekeeping. Yeah, I guess. But hold on, hold Mm -hmm. on. But go ahead, speak for me. That's fine. She's very knowledgeable (laughs) about composting. She's like educated herself in it, so she's on the cusp. But. There's ways that we can make it. There's reasons, excuse me, why it's sustainable. And it took us a while to kind of come across it, though, I think, you know, as we were talking about it a little bit beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the housekeeping item is I have continued year over year to study composting methods and, and things and everything that I learned feeds into my ultimate fear and it i know for some it's going to sound juvenile but this is my truth um i am deathly afraid of uh, mice and rats and it's i think someone said if you're if you don't have any kids you aren't right like i've heard that saying before <laughs> yeah. yeah so if you don't if you don't have any mice or rats near your compost i'm thinking maybe you aren't composting right now in all seriousness based on my property i would love to have my own compost i'm not sure if i would make enough but Every little bit helps. Um, but because of what I think will be drawn in, I've just strayed away from it. Maybe it's one day in my garden future, but not today. Yeah. And I mean, there, I don't think see anything wrong with that. You have a legit concern. And 
I mean, first of all, well, we've discussed this before, but you do have a space to compost. But I know that we've talked at length about a raccoon lately. Mm-hmm. We've talked about cats and stuff like that. And, you know, like currently right now, I have a possum that will not leave my yard. Um, he has found multiple food sources and now we have to kind of get rid of them all. But one of them is always going to be the compost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is an ongoing issue. But all that aside, it is a way to make your garden more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So as you've got, if you've been following along or if you're new to it, we kind of break this down into multiple sections. So the first one's watering and then it's pollinators or plant selections. Uh, fossil fuels, and then we'll give like a general tip about it. Mm-hmm. So going in line with all of that, and I think the biggest one for this is actually watering. Well, as I say that, but as we go through the list, that may, may change. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and we did in a mini so recently ways to save money, and it's kind of like, what, was it re- free cycling? It's either yeah, about to freely. come out, or it just came out, the mini sewed on Tuesdays. Um, and it's interesting because I mean, compost is that, you know, it's all of yeah. that, you know, um, even when you think about buying things potentially to feed that compost, your everyday, you know, food purchases could be a p- in part feeding your compost. Not to mention when you're taking things out of your garden. Um, I have used compost for, this is the fifth year that I've added compost to my garden spaces um stumbled upon like okay yeah this really would help um and has i've been that's probably the thing that i've added in the last 10 years that i've been consistent in and that's compost and ultimately bad compost so there's still some bits of being sustainable i want to claim that you know (laughs) but um yeah not i think you you're I mean, you're doing what you can, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that's important. And that's, I mean, as we've gone through this whole series, we've said over and over and over that, you know, making a small change Mm -hmm. in your, your ways can lead to a bigger change abroad. So, yeah. And I mean, adding compost, it does a lot of things to your garden. So if you're doing stuff like if you're, especially if you have like a lot of, um, clay mm-hmm. as your soil or something it just adds to it it can do and it's something that i get real hesitant of saying is making it like a wonder drug like it can make it make it more um have more drainage it can make it retain more water it can mm-hmm. keep it warm keep it cool but it can do all of these things and really benefit your garden but depending on your your compost it definitely can help with water retention Mm-hmm. Right. I thought you were going to go with as a part of making compost, water is a, a real key. Right. Watering well, your important. compost pile. Right. Well, yeah, I don't water my compost pile that much, mm-hmm. but it does get some water. Like when it's really dry, I will water it. But yeah, it does use water for that. But I mean, that depends too, like how you have your compost set up. Like mm-hmm. if you have your pile set up in like in the middle of a field, where it gets nothing but sun, yeah, you're probably going to need to water it more. Like, I strategically put mine under an overhang of some trees, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so as it gets the afternoon sun, which is hot, but then I put in a garden bed in, fr- bed in front of it with the trellis, so when something's on the trellis, it stays in the shade a lot more, and that makes it a lot better. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, composting, it uses... 
Sorry, I just got notified by Leonard that it was my recipe today. So, <laughs> But adding in your compost, the act of making the compost, too, is sustainable in itself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we're not adding to the landfills and stuff like that. So or we're minimizing multiple... our additions to it, right? Right. And so I would go as far to say as far as water retention goes, and I think... If you don't realize you're doing this, you are. If you're putting mulch into your garden, Mm -hmm. then you are composting. The act of mulching your garden composts. Oh, I love that. I've never really looked at it in that way. Yeah. I mean, it breaks down, right? That's why we mulch. Mm -hmm. So as we put it in there and it starts to break down, not only is it suppressing the weeds keeping the soil cooler and leaving it more moist Mm -hmm. but it's also composting and breaking down so it's just adding to that yeah right before we um we started recording i was out that's why i asked for a little bit more time i was out leafing my garden bed i just made up that term (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i mean not necessarily um directly tied to our sustainable goals but just generally speaking when you talk about um, saving time for a gardener you know there's less weeds I have a garden bed that um, basically now has not been covered and I'm watching and I'm just like those are weeds that's not food those aren't volunteers those are weeds in there you know Um, so but here we are yeah it's it's I mean I've so I have a flower bed right now and I can't tell what's what so I'm having to wait for it to flower, whether it's weeds or not. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was going to call and tell you, but yeah. here we go. I'm on yeah, a call. I was probably I outside you. reweeding a bit that I'd already weeded earlier in the spring. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's all good. So compost, when you take it and you squeeze it, it should kind of it should kind of hold its form, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the rest of my soil, when I do that, it doesn't do that. It just kind of crumbles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why it's good to kind of mix it in there. Yeah. That soil, do you feel like is just drier or yeah. it doesn't have enough kind of living organisms in it? Um, no, I don't want to say it doesn't have enough living organisms. I think it's just, you know, it's the function of stuff breaking down the, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, humus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, that's right. The humus material that breaks down is just more spongy. And that's why a lot of people don't recommend growing in 100% compost, too. I've done it. It works. But it would be, I mean, you would wear yourself out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um I mentioned that I had replaced my wood chips. Speaking of, since mulching, we've claimed um, and we are championing that it's a part of composting. I replaced my wood chips, uh, which was a pain in the ass, but a lot of the broken down wood chips, which I'm going to call soil, I moved to my flower beds. Very intentionally not, because I'm just not sure of that makeup. You know, um, so very intentionally not growing vegetables in it. Um, but I have kind of p- dirt piles all over the flower bed. Because over the years, I've just kind of, it's almost like a filler. I toss some things in there, some extra material I have. And it's worked out pretty well. Um, so, I mean, I think there are a bunch of different ways that um, you can, through composting or the act of composting, you know, fold things into your garden and again, just be more sustainable, um, yeah. more um, kind to the environment. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to get a little frou-frou here. Mm-hmm. I can give that to you. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I just had an idea about your uh, your compost situation, too. Okay. So, here when we, we get into this later... No, it's actually, it's actually not that bad. Mm-hmm. So, we can get into it later, but... Um, just by making compost itself, because one thing that I do is when I make my garden, I always put a layer of soil in, mm-hmm. but I'm not overly concerned about what that layer of soil is because I know over time I'm going to add compost in, I'm going to be mulching, which will compost as well. And then I'll add more. So every year I'm adding more and more compost to it. Mm-hmm. So that, that initial layer of soil isn't that big a deal to me. Because over time, and it can be, you know, like this year I put in the wild garden, I put in some soil and it wasn't really the best soil, but I immediately went and I was like, okay, the soil's not good. Let me go. I had to buy a couple bags of compost because I ran out of my own. And I said, okay, you know what? It's no big deal. I put that compost in. It makes a difference. Things are growing. No issues. Mm -hmm. I put a layer of mulch down. The mulch will break down and add to it. And then I'll just put the compost on top of it. And then the leaves at the end of the year, put that on top of it. And it'll be, you know, by next year, it's going to be a lot more, you know, f- I would call it fluffy. That's what I would call it, yeah. you know, well, more fluffy soil. That's important, especially with what some of the things we're growing. A lot of, you know, kind of plants that will fruit or leafy greens, you know, things that are going to grow and whatever it's producing is above the soil versus root vegetables. Um it's a lot easier to deal with, let's say, stiff soil. You know, not ideal, but it's you can manage through it. When it comes to things that are growing under the soil that you're harvesting, that fluffy soil is a dream come true. Um, I have a couple of spots in my garden where, um, and I do pay a p- bit more t- attention to this now because I'm on the other side of receiving like the last bit of my soil uh, drop from a couple of years ago it was pretty crappy, and I can. Th- actually pinpoint where I put that, what beds I put that in and how those beds are performing, you know? So I do pay attention to that. And to your point, one of the methods that I've used is to add more compost to those beds when I'm being diligent in fertilizing, you know, (laughs) fertilizing the plants that are going into that bed. Cause that, you know, kind of that maybe poor soil needs a little bit more work. I'm just not in a place where, again, thinking, now thinking, you know, about sustainable practices, I just don't want to dump that soil. I just don't want to get rid of that soil and then bring in something new. I feel like I can improve it. Yeah. Do you, do you, uh, before we go to the break, do you find right now that since we've been doing this series that you kind of have been thinking more sustainably in your garden? I think I have. I'm hoping that it, it stays with me after we finish, but definitely as we've been um, as we've been putting these episodes together, it has been much more top of mind when we're away from the you know the microphone. Um, yeah. So I mean I think that's absolutely a positive, and that's what we're hoping when people listen to the series that they take away from it in part as well. We're force feeding you sustainability, and on that note, we'll be right back. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. I hope you're enjoying the show today. If you could do us a simple favor and share this show or any one of our other shows on your social media, it would help us greatly. All we want is to help people grow in their gardens. And this is the one thing that we can do to get more people exposed to gardening and help them be successful in their gardens. All right. So just to recap what 
what just went down, compost is more water retentive. So it's mm. going to hold more water. And we kind of went through all that. So this one is kind of difficult for me, but how about like for pollinators? Like how can, do you think compost can help with pollinators? Well, I mean, I think that, so if you go back to your soil, compost makes your soil more rich, right? Um, it's right. a better growing space than things will grow that soil, I know this seems like it a uh, very elementary, but things will then grow in that soil, and in turn, um, in things that pollinators want to come and visit your garden for will be present. I mean, I think I feel like that's pretty pretty basic. Um, I I think things like if you you go down the road of um, maybe if you consider birds as pollinators, right? You know maybe or minimally birds as you know helpers in the garden um rich soil you know worms things of that nature feed in from a positive perspective for birds um and in turn you know i think the biggest thing is um so first of all i agree with you but i think the biggest benefit is compost just makes healthier plants so healthier plants will make more and grow more and grow bigger, right? Well, yeah. So thank get you more for blooms. helping me stumble through that. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> I know it is what what you meant. I just wanted to clarify. That's what she said. A little said. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. But I mean, you know, do you remember two years ago that my garden just kind of really struggled, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I had a hard time? And if you're new to the show, and if you're not, then I'll read. Mm-hmm. welcome but i'll go over it real quick i had uh one year my garden just didn't really do that well it just seemed like everything was struggling mm-hmm. and so over the winter um one of my goals was like i'm going to improve the soil in my garden and i went and i got a load of compost and i put like two inches of compost on top i mulched you know where i put leaves on top then i put the compost on top and then on top of that i mulched And the next year, boom, I had one of the best gardens I've ever had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this past year, not only did I put compost in, but I put the compost that I made all year in and I used every single bit of it. I put it in everything. So it seems to me right now that things are going in the right direction. You know, I've remulched and everything. So that to me told me the power of compost. Like at that point, I was like sold, sold, sold. I so think... the whole go ahead no you can finish your thought I was going to say the whole thing about stronger plants really comes out in that story in my mind mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah I think um, if you think about some of the small scale gardening we're doing and this is the, you know larger farms larger gardens went into this as well but some of the methods we use, we're really taxing the space we're growing in, right? And so throughout, you know, the history of this podcast, we've talked about amending your garden beds and methods and things you can use. And obviously composting is one of the, or compost is one of those things you can use to amend your garden beds. But when you talk about, you know, pollinators, you know, visiting your space, there was a song I was going to sing, but I'm going to refrain myself. Um, when you talk about pollinators visiting your space, you know, compost brings all the pollinators to the yard. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Um, the <laughs> idea is that you, again, to your point, want healthy plants, healthy, um, it's healthy plants that are going to grow big. 
a part of what you're doing by emitting that soil, adding that compost, you're contributing to keeping this growing area healthy and you're contributing to keeping kind of this ecosystem you've created active, you know, versus it potentially going dormant. And I think that that's a responsibility of ours, you know, as we continue to kind of take from, you know, and I'm going there, take from the earth. Like it's a responsibility of ours to do what we can. Like that's a, a big part of what we're talking about when it comes to sustainable gardening. Um, and so I definitely, as I think about it more, I definitely see pollinators benefiting from the act of composting in a statement, in a sentence. Yeah. And I mean, that's one thing we haven't even talked about at all is all the microbes and micro life that's in there. And you're, you're exactly right, Batavia. You, you're starting an ecosystem Mm -hmm. basically in this, in this contained area. Even if you buy a bag of compost, you still are adding to it. Because when you get it, it's charged, it's ready to go. It just has to get that air back to it and get moving and get stuff growing through it. And you said something about earthworms earlier, um, and they definitely help add to it as well. I mean, everybody knows earthworm castings mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but I mean, do you want to buy earthworms for the or earthworm casting, or would you rather just have it as, you know... I have purchased earthworm castings um, and I know people um, will recommend and I've I've just like got off my butt to do it like, you know, using kind of as a first step into composting myself, um, you know, creating earthworm castings through the act of again composting Um, and. I generally think about like you're adding things to your garden that aren't naturally there. But from a, ca- a composting perspective, I can see that being effective. Again, it's it's I love this concept of it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit that you're doing right. Um, unless it's harming, which a lot of what we've talked about isn't the little bit. Let's look at it as being helpful. As long as we're not right. creating this environment where it's like, oh, this is going to solve all of our problems. I'm going to add some worm castings to my, you know, my garden. It's going to be worm castings plus, you know. Right. But that's the thing is you don't have to buy them. So actually, I just saw a um, a news article. Did you see this where earthworms are invasive and taking over the forests of oh, the United good States? Grief. No, I didn't. Yeah. So that's what um, one agency says, one company says. It says invasive earthworms are taking over. Another one says earthworms are invasive. Did you know? And then the U.S. Forest Service says invasive Asian jumping worms are wreaking havoc. <laughs> So it's a type of worm that's causing the issue, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So here's, here's the question. And this poses an issue. If we, you know, a lot of people like to buy worms and then add them to their compost pile, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now who says that we're not buying the invasive worm and we just don't know it because I mean, let's, let's be honest. How many of us know how to identify a worm? To its species, what is it? Red right? Wiggler or something that's a generally wiggler, used for yeah. uh, creating the the castings. I don't know, dude. I just you know. But hold on, hold on. Let's let's keep going. So, are we contributing to this problem? Right. I mean, because it's I'm possible. Out the dr- yeah, I mean, it's possible when we are um, bringing again things that aren't naturally existing in our environment. When we're bringing it, things in, yeah, it's possible. Um, separate and apart, and off on a tangent, um, 
in Illinois in particular, where I live, uh, our extension service posted some things regarding um, bird flu. And, you know, for the garden in particular, it's like remove your bird feeders. There's certain kinds you they were fine with, you know, keep an eye out for sick um, pests or excuse me, sick animals, specifically sick birds, chickens, things of that nature. Um, and also, you know, the thing that caught my eye clearly was, all right, you know, take the water out of your bird uh, bath. I'm just like, no, I'm, you know, giving my squirrels and, and the stray cats a drink of water. I can't do that. Um, still haven't seen a bird in there, but yeah. But I said that and- to say, you know, you're bringing things that in some cases are inviting some items, some things, some people, some pests, some struggles to your garden. But now we're talking about like, you know, you know, you've heard the uh, ordering lady beetles, lady beetles. Is that right? Ladybugs. Ladybugs. Thank you. Ordering ladybugs and bringing them into your garden to, you know, perhaps deal with a, an aphid problem, yada, yada, yada. Like if it's not naturally occurring, my thought is that it will not sustain itself. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's going to be related to one of the tips I'm going to give you um, when we get to the tip section, because there's stuff like that. That's you're exactly right. It just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Um, So back to the pollinators, we kind of got off subject, which is not uncommon for us. Um, Pollinators, I think it just makes a stronger plant, stronger flower. Mm -hmm. And so therefore and probably maybe because we can get less fertilizer in our gardens, too. Maybe so. You know what I mean? Maybe so. And then, yeah, I, I, we have to talk about, sit down and talk about some episodes around not necessarily fertilizing, but added routines and steps and practices in our garden and whether they really are beneficial or are we just creating, um, you know, kind of a, a honeydew list, a checklist of things to do, but not for today. Um, I still, I want to say this again, cause I don't know, I don't feel like it's come across there are things that you're doing in your garden that directly benefit your garden. We've talked about as a part of the series, but then there are the things that you're doing in your garden that benefit the earth. Right. You know, so the idea that um, even if it's an nth of a degree that steps that you're taking, including composting are creating these healthier plants, you're giving these pollinators something to eat. Um, And that alone has to be worth something to us right yeah i would imagine so (laughs) i would definitely imagine so and you know as we've gone through all of these i really think that i mean plant selection like if you want to cover that real quick stick your damn plants in compost you know what i mean like this kind of goes along as far as the categories for what we've kind of described these as Mm -hmm. and i think pollinators um and plant selection have always gone together throughout this series so I can't think of anything that doesn't grow well in compost. Can you? No. With compost added. No. And what's, tell me what the difference is between hot compost or is that fertilizer? Like don't, you know, compost, is it compost that people are concerned about burning their plants? Remind me. Yeah. Some people are concerned about Mm -hmm. that, but it's fertilizer mostly, Mm -hmm. but I've definitely heard people say compost will burn your plants. Um, And I think that is a literal saying instead mm-hmm. of like, you know how fertilizer will burn your plants because it's too strong. Mm-hmm. If you put hot compost on your plants, it will literally burn your mm-hmm. plants. So mm-hmm. it's a different kind of burn. And yeah, people do think the same aspect as fertilizer burn. 
I think there's some people that subscribe to that. I personally don't. Um, I've grown full blown. I mean, I had that butternut squash that year that grew right out of the compost pile. Yeah. And it was the healthiest thing ever. And it was pure hot compost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's that. Yeah. It's something about think people that uh, when people say things and we a lot of us do it say it as as a fact and it's just oh you know it you know maybe you shouldn't is really what they should be saying you know some people yeah. have bad experiences when they do you know urban legends that's how they're born now everyone needs to go ahead and plant um butternut squash seeds in their compost package in their in their compost yeah. pile sorry i got a lot of hearts here and it's distracting <laughs> um and then finally well not finally but next is the fossil fuels and i think this is a big one the more that we've talked through it um i think um and i don't mean this in a bad way but i think making your own compost is the sustainable part of fossil fuels but i think even if you don't make your own compost you're still part of the solution yeah, I firmly agree with you. I've already said my piece. I've, I've covered it off. Of, yeah. I don't. I don't feel the need to apologize for where I am. No. Um, and it doesn't take from my the value I see in it, right? So I think that everything from I've been looking around and I have a couple of um, couple of bags of purchased garden soil. So you know, you start with the garden soil that was in my one little space you know, back in 2008, you know, and then over the years, I just buy a couple of bags. And then as I expand, I started buying more and more and more bags. Then we had the front yard garden and I ended up having the soil uh, drop, but I've still purchased bags because bags of soil, because I top off some of my garden spaces. Right. And so I've been looking around and really trying to think about ways to minimize repeated expenses. Right. And so I have a few, um, a few bags of soil that I bought last year, I guess. Um, I don't even think that the company, um, the, the place I bought it for, from carries that brand. But now I'm looking in and saying, I wonder if I can get away with not adding any of that soil to my garden, right? You know, so if you think about going back to clearly the subject compost, it's a way to add, um, you know, I'm going to say soil for lack of a better term. It's a way to fill out your beds as well. Obviously, there's all of the additives that you're adding to it. Um, but not only do you not have to drive somewhere to buy compost, you know, potentially you can minimize the amount of soil that you're adding to those spaces, right? True soil yeah. that you're adding to those spaces. Um, and that could be anywhere from you driving somewhere, you having it delivered. Like all of those things matter, right? Or the, the or the trucks bringing the bags of it to the store, mm -hmm. the bags being made and shipped over here, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Every you compost know. I've ever seen comes in plastic when you're buying yeah. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I guess it wouldn't work well if it came in a paper bag. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and seriously though, when you when you start to break stuff down like that, like how much fossil fuels does it take for me to get this shirt? It's scary to think that, like, that's it. You know, this shirt, I, I'm sure I was made in, like, Vietnam or something. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you to the people in Vietnam that made my shirt. I do thoroughly enjoy it. But it had to come from ship all the way from there mm -hmm. to, I'm assuming, California, and then get on a plane or a truck and go to the distributor. You know, all these different places mm -hmm. so it could end up 
on my back. Yeah. Like that's crazy to think about. And so when we're making our own compost, we're, we're eliminating all of that. So that's one thing. The other thing is when we're making compost, we're not. So let's just call it what it is. Compost is usually kitchen scraps, Mm -hmm. garden scraps, um, leaf litter, stuff like that. You know, when I say leaf litter, like fallen leaves, um, maybe some manure if you're using, you know, if you have access to it, stuff like that. So all the kitchen scraps are not going into the landfill. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're letting out less trash. So there's less trucks coming to get it. You're not at, and then, because if you put it in a landfill, it doesn't break down the, it'll break down in a plastic bag. What good's that doing you? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what good's that yeah. doing us? You know what I mean? And so, same thing, like, if, I don't know what I would do with my trimmings and stuff for my plants if I didn't compost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, again, thinking very small and um, small expenses, right? So all of the things that I pull out of my garden, um, none of them are going anywhere besides in one of those brown recycle kind of uh, lot. Um, lawn care bags right and it's my hope that they're doing the right thing when they pick them up but those bags are like three bucks for five you know just hard cost right yeah you know so and i go through them all the time because again i feel like the right thing to do is put them in those bags versus in a regular plastic bag and put it in the regular garbage can um but i mean if i had to guess which i'm terrible at guessing maybe Maybe 30 bucks a year easily that I spend on those between the, you know, top of the year, the garden season, and then as we go through the season a bit, but then mostly at the end of the season when I'm doing cleanup, you know, so. How much did you say you broke up? I'm sorry. Um, I think you all heard me clearly, right? Let's make him guess. I know. 30. What did you say? 30 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. I was going to wait for my tip, but I got, I got an idea for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was out working in the garden today and I had a bunch of trimmings and I, how many bags of leaves do you have right now? Yeah. Maybe 30 bucks is high. Cause that'd be like, uh, 30 bags or something. But anyway, um, so probably six or seven, seven bags. So why don't you, Make a compost pile that has no food in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You just use leaves and you set the leaves aside and you add them sometimes. And then you just put in your trimmings from your garden. And there is no food. There's no reason for animal to get into them. I'll think about it. How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes I mean, it makes me feel okay. Um, makes it, you feel a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, it makes me feel a little bit better, but it also makes me right. think about carving out one more space in a small space, you know, kind of small footprint space that I have. I do under my front porch and I'm, I am scary. All right. I tried to pretend like I wasn't earlier in the episode, but I am. And so uh, when I dug up the front yard, um, all of the grass I pulled up again, you don't have to, but I did at that time in 2019 and I stuffed it all underneath the porch, the front porch. Um, and I can see through the lattice, like, you know, it's not completely broken down. That would have been four years ago, four summers ago. But I think to myself, to your point, what if I just start tossing some leaves in there as well? It's not breaking down, you know, as quickly because there's really not a lot of sun, not a lot of water, some water, but not a lot. Um, but I mean, there may be something there, there. It's not breaking down quickly because it's cold composting. Okay, go ahead and give a term to the thing I'm doing. Sure. So, uh, 
Well, you're using a, I mean, you're using a method like mm-hmm. you can hot compost, which is where you go out and you turn it all the time, or you can cold compost where you just go put it on top of the other, put it on top, put it and on top. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is hot composting, you'll get compost in a couple months, you know, and cold composting will be a couple years. But that's okay because all that means is that once your pile gets big enough and you're cold composting, and let's say you don't even care if you're using compost, you're just composting because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Then when it comes time, you can just flip that pile, pull the stuff right off of it, and you've got nice compost that you didn't do anything but pile on. And that's just, that's an, an you know, that's a technique that can be used. And I did it for a long time. Now I'm actively more because I was like, look, I need my compost faster. Faster, yeah. And I'm also putting chicken manure in it. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing, too. If you have chickens or anything, or if you're thinking about it, Taking the manure from the chickens and composting it, like what else am I going to do with the manure? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like the um, I have a friend and she has chickens, but she doesn't compost. And so she bags up the manure and gives it away. And I'm like, you're literally giving away gold. Like I've told her, like, please start making compost. Please, I beg you. Does she have a garden? So, yeah, she's got a garden. Mm-hmm. But she just doesn't. I think it's the same as you. She's just running out of room in her yard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you've got this opportunity. You know, you've got this. So but it's, let me, it's tough. Let me tap on that. So I was talking to a neighbor today and there is between our two. Well, between her fence and the cage baby, we've had kind of a, a tree weed that grows as long as I've lived here. It's been a, a good while. And we've done all kinds of things to like cut it off and, you know, the roots are still underneath. So it's going to find other ways to peek out and grow. And so it's very difficult with the cage baby for me to get to it on my side. So, you know, I asked her, you know, let me walk around so I can try to get inside of the fence to cut it. And, you know, you you look and you say, oh, well, what harm is it going to do? You know, and there are a couple of issues with it. But there's this thing of like, I just don't like the aesthetic, right? Like it ultimately, if I let things grow, it's going to end up shading out the things I'm growing. But I also don't like the aesthetic. That's not a part of my garden design, this weird tree that's growing in between our our two yards. But if I look at like, oh, I can manage, you know, this cold compost or for her, you know, she can add a, a compost bin or something on her property. At some point, you know, you have to teeter on what's the most responsible decision and perhaps make a sacrifice. So when I talk about, oh, that's one more space I have to, you know, identify, I technically have enough garden beds and garden space. Like I could figure it out if it was that important to me. And again, listen, we're transparent here. You know, it's easy to lean on my fear and say, oh, not my cup of tea. And now I don't even think about giving up any garden beds, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it's just, you know, so that that was an idea that I had for you because I don't know of any animal, like mammal that would come and just be like, ooh, these... These tomato stems smell good. Let me get a bite, you know. Um, it could, I guess it could happen. I don't know. So that's an option. And anybody, and I know that there are listeners that have the same concerns as you because mm-hmm. we've had comments and mm-hmm. messages about them. So, um, and I respect that because even though I'm not scared of the possum and I like having him around because he does do good things, he's still freaky. What does he do good? Because I have one that visits as well. At this point, there are three... rats and mice. Four things. Uh, The stray cats, which have been here forever, and I've always accepted them. Although they just... I mean, they straight come to, like, my door. They're just chilling on my back porch, like... And I'm not one to feed. 
anything, right? Uh, so the stray cats, um, the squirrels, which were was my original pest. But hey, I'm chilling with them, right? Um, I've over the years seen opossums um, more frequently now. And then more recently, the family and then singular raccoons. Um, and I keep on trying to push back in my head like what are you expecting based on what you're doing in your space you know yeah Um, but i don't want to admit that to myself um and so far the biggest damage that i've seen um beyond scooping up some poop from you know the primarily the the cats um the biggest damage i've seen was this year and it's raccoons digging in like soil like yeah. in some cases, soil that had things in it from last year that I forgot about. But in other cases, like a clear, just nothing but soil in a bed, you know, so help me understand how, I mean, how they could help me. So <laughs> raccoons are just to a, do when it comes to these things. Raccoons are a pest and they come around because there's food, but possums, I mean, I guess raccoons eat the same thing. I don't know, but possums are known to eat mice and rats mm-hmm. and moles and all kinds of stuff. I like the cats, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now somebody around you is probably feeding the cats. I did learn that recently and I'm trying to trying to, well, actually she's moving. So that's fine. <laughs> right. So somebody around you is feeding the cats, which is why they come around. And that's probably why you have your raccoons and your possums. And you are probably for your raccoons and possums part of that because you've created, like you said, an ecosystem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've literally put out a buffet. Yep. And said, hey, come on. But I will say this. I've never had anything really like shimmy up my tomato plants and eat my tomatoes and stuff like that. And I do have a pile of raccoons that live on my property. Mm -hmm. So there is that. But I think that, you know, anywhere there's cat food, you're going to get all three of those every single time. Anywhere there's what kind of food? Cat food. Okay. Mm Okay. Yeah, they they all eat that stuff. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we found out that our neighbor across the street was... um, giving cat food out and we saw our cat over there eating i was like well hell no my cat's already got a weight issue so you know but then it was like dude we have foxes you know coyotes possums raccoons like all these things like you're just making it worse like i don't have a problem with them being here but don't bring them to the front door yeah 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 you know Mm -hmm. what i mean let them stay in the woods where they want to be but um, back to the fossil fuel. The other thing is um, eliminating the amount of fertilizer that you, you're using mm-hmm. too, or not eliminating, but cutting down drastically and possibly even eliminating because correct me if I'm wrong, for a long time, you didn't fertilize at all. No, I, I, 10 years easy. I didn't fertilize. Not one single time. Didn't even think it was necessary. I saw um, a reel on Instagram where someone was like, Oh, so you don't fertilize your plants, house plants. They're like, oh, okay. It was like a voiceover. And I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm her, you know? Um, and a part of it was the continued beating of the drum, like, this is what's best for your plants. A part of it, just to be frank, probably is the influence of this podcast. Um, at some point, my thought is that things run their course. And so if I was growing the same exact things, meaning the same quantity over these years, I probably would be fine. Right. But because the quantity has increased drastically, um, I am trying to be considerate, especially with my expectations increasing as well. I'm actually doing a potato fertilizer this year, which I've never done in these years of growing potatoes. I'm just uber curious if it's going to be the thing that make the di- makes the difference. You know, maybe I think the soil is healthy and, you know, it, it's it's 
doing just fine for these potatoes, but maybe it, it does need a boost. Um, but that goes back to the other set of episodes. Like, I don't want to add to, hey, that's the bell for the swear word. I don't want to add shit that I have to keep up with every year if I don't have to add that shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, quite literally. So I buy... I buy a 20 pound bag. I think it's a 20 pound bag of fertilizer for the year. And when it's out, it's out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what I do. Um, But, you know, you're cutting down the deliveries and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then also the labor that you have to add to it. You know what I mean? Yep. And you can make things like compost tea and stuff where you soak your compost and extract everything from Mm -hmm. it and drain it and strain it and pour it and water with it. You know, you can do all that. I don't use... Um, and I have not, I did not use a potato fertilizer this year. My potatoes are looking great. Oh, awesome. I'm going to be putting those on a reel soon. Have you gotten so any you new know. potatoes out yet? No, I haven't. What do you mean new potatoes out? The, the young potatoes, you know, before they, they get to the oh, no. most size. I'm not touching size. them until it's okay. time to get them. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried because I'm not adding soil. So I'm just like, do your thing. I'm mulched heavy. Do your thing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm blowing it kisses every day, you know. <laughs> Like, come on, baby. You keep growing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, no, what I was going to say <laughs> is as you, you know, as we fertilize and stuff, you're putting a little bit more stress onto the ground as well. And so mm-hmm, the way mm-hmm. I look at it is, well, first of all, this podcast doesn't care if you use organic or synthetic fertilizer. That's that's up to you as a gardener. So there's that. Um, Agreed. But when you use a fertilizer, if you have bad or not a fertilizer, excuse me, compost, if you have bad soil, the number one thing you can do is add compost to your soil. That's the number one thing you can do to start to correct it mm-hmm. is add compost okay. because it's pH balanced. It's generally got, you know, as long as you've done your ratios semi right, you know, as long as it's not like a slurry, soupy mush, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're going to start to correct your soil. And that's so amazing about it. So you're not only cutting down on fertilizer, but you're cutting down on lime. You're cutting down on pot, potassium, you know, all these different things that we're buying and putting in. So, you know what? Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language now, boy. I'm still not going to add uh, rats to my garden. I mean, compost to my garden. <laughs> so so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Before we get to the tips, if you compost, you're saving money, you're saving the planet, and you're making your job easier for yourself in the long run. And it is, a, And it makes your soil more sustainable over time because you're less dependent on these extra additives. You're basically a superhero. Basically, compost is the superhero. Oh, no, I meant the individual that's taking these steps. I know. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if I had a comp, if I had a soil issue, which I do, um, the first thing I did is I went and bought a bag of compost and threw it in because I didn't have any made. First thing I did, didn't even think twice about it. So there's that. Now, Good on you. you got a tip? No, I don't have a tip. You don't have any tips about compost? Face your fears. I'm not, but. You should face your fears. <laughs> nah, come on now. Well, we gave Miss Batavia a little, she, we gave her something to think about, so we'll do that. I did write it down. Um, and I, w- I wrote all kinds of squiggly lines around it, and that's, you know, my doodles yeah. in that instance are important. They mean something. I mean, yeah, there we go. So when we were talking about earthworms, uh, one thing that I was going to tell you guys is 
don't add earthworms to your compost because it's stupid. <laughs> if they don't want to be there, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just all there is to it. So you can add earthworms, but if it's an open bin, like an open sitting on the ground, they're just going to leave and go down into the ground and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So do yourself a favor. Um, I've never made uh, or I've never bought earthworms and put into my compost. And when I flip my pile, it's filled with, with worms. Yeah. So, and not only is it filled with worms, if I, so I also have this big pot that I do and I take it out and I put it in the pot to cool it. So I'll just let it sit there for a month or so. When I come back to it, worms have come up through the bottom of the pot into the compost. Because remember this, number one thing about compost people say is there's no worms in my compost. Oh no, they're all at the bottom. I need to flip it to get them to the top. You were wrong. They're down in the bottom because it's too hot at the top and we need to be pulling our compost from the bottom. So there it is. Okay. I've seen a couple of people upset because all the worms are at the bottom and that's where they're supposed to be. Yeah. All right. So my tip is it's okay to start small. Um, and I think, you know, primarily like 90 plus percent of this episode in this series is about you creating your own compost. Like, you know, so this is what that episode is centered on. Um, but just because you're if you're not creating it and if you don't have plans on creating it doesn't mean that you shouldn't add it to your garden, right? So if you plan on making purchases, that's a great one to make. Um, If you would like to compost, I believe it's absolutely okay to start small. You don't have to look at everything as do it for your entire garden space. You know, so if you're making compost on your own, chances are out of the gate, you're not going to be able to make enough to cover off on your entire garden, however big or small that is, right? But just focus on something like, You know, I'm going to argue containers. That's the first place I'm going to add compost to versus if I have to make a choice versus my raised beds or my in-ground beds. Um, So that's what I got. Yeah. And if and so I'll build onto that. If you are adding compost to your garden, you know, you don't have to put five inches of compost on top of your garden every year. You can put a half an inch to two inches somewhere in there. You know, so if you don't have a lot, you haven't made a lot, you can spread it out or you can go crazy on one and buy bags for the other and just note to self, I need to make more compost Mm -hmm. because it's a learning process. Yeah. You know, I don't like the fact that I ran out of compost completely, but now I know like, hey, I need to be a little bit more diligent and I need to make sure that I'm making it a little bit faster and to speed it up. All I do is I turn it more often and feed it more. So instead of you know, emptying the chicken coop out once a month, maybe I should do it twice a month or once a week and just get more of that litter and stuff out of there to add to it because that's a big component of my compost system. Um, Do you have an idea of like how much compost you and your family are producing like volume wise? I can, if you give me a minute, I can tell you. Okay. Do you want to go to the break before the recipe of the day and come back and tell us? (laughs) yeah let's do that let me uh i'm gonna give you guys the recipe and then i'll give you that number of how much compost i'm making uh as of last year so we'll be right back with the recipe of the day ben what question do we get asked the most i would have to say it's probably more something like what are the products we use in our gardens the most ding 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 that's the correct answer hey there's an amazon link below 
When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast, but all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. Batavia must have a banger. She's trying to steal my recipe, but I got one for y'all. <laughs> So oh, I'm just I'm so hungry use, right now. So I th- I'm thinking about all kinds of food. But go ahead, let's hear what you have, and I'm gonna make that. So this is gonna use three and ingre- four ingredients from your garden. Yeah, four. Um, if you if you're lucky and you have ripe tomatoes right now, then good. And if you don't, you might have to buy one. But re- I'm gonna tell you a guacamole recipe. This is a uh, family recipe. So it's two. Um, I got to pull off the top of my head. Two avocados, three plum tomatoes. So that would be like a Roma or something like that. Why did I give Roma? Because that's usually what I grow. <laughs> um, four scallions, three cloves of garlic, salt, pepper, and then as much lime juice as you want. And then the final ingredient would be a little bit of cilantro. So you mash it up, you cut it up and you mix it together and you let it sit for a while. If you don't, if you have to make it the night before you go somewhere, you can take the pit of the avocado and put it into the guacamole and it will keep it from browning if you cover it. So anytime you don't want your avocado to turn brown, that's what you can just keep the pit near it and covered and it'll, it'll not let it do that. Um, the ingredient, the ingredients that I take from my garden would be the tomatoes, the garlic, the scallions and the cilantro. So that's four. If you can grow limes, then I don't want to talk to you because I'm super jealous. Cause that means you can grow a whole slew of things. I can't, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's super easy. Just mash it and mix it up and grub on it. Similar to peanut butter, uh, guacamole is one of those things where I just say every time I have it, why don't I eat more of you? Well done. Because if I ate as much as I wanted, I'd be as big as this house. Well, listen, if I'm going to carry this weight, I want it to be focused and caused by really, really, really good things. (laughs) That's I'll give it to you. All right. I I told you guys that I was going to give you the amount of compost we made last year. So last year we made 63 cubic feet of compost, roughly. And so this year, our, my goal is to make 94.5 cubic feet. So what that ends up being is um, last year, it was two bins, three feet high or three feet wide, three feet across, three and a half feet deep. And there was two of those. And so we made that. But what where we made the mistake is we split it up over the year. Mm-hmm. And what I really need to do is like right now. And this is what I'm doing is I'm just letting it cook and I'm adding to one pile and then I just, I'll just keep adding. So my goal is about hopefully July is to pull out what's in one bin. That's the, my, my finished bin mm-hmm. and then put my unfinished bin back into that and then put that on top and let that cook down until probably about September. And then I'll probably do the same again with what I have and then also add to it at the same time. And then that should help me to make more compost for the year. So if I take that same amount and then I multiply that by one and a half, then we should be good. So 
just make as much compost as you can, be sustainable. So we've lost internet connection and Batavia kind of disappeared. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and end this one. Um, thank you guys so much for being part of the show. Um, keep it real. And if you want to do those three things to help us out, you can either one of them, you can become a patron, you can share the show or you can subscribe to YouTube and watch some of our videos and everybody be safe. Go do some composting and we're going to come back next time and talk about how we are going to make our gardens more sustainable after having this conversation. So um, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Two things. Ben disappeared. I didn't. And see ya. (laughs) She's back. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. Don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.